0: Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzgey with my co host, Tom Gettle.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at ConicNetwork.com.
0: Welcome back, Tom.
1: Yes, yes. Great to be here. Good to see you again.
0: Good to see you too. You know, I got to thinking we just did some job fairs for our college applicants um, and most of them were looking for internships, which is awesome. So it got me thinking that we should do a podcast specifically focused to interns yeah. and yeah. give them some tips on some resume writing and job search. We're not going to go too much into, the, well, not at all into interviewing, but just the beginning tips to get them to the application.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic.
0: Okay. So I, what was that?
1: Uh, That's great. I love it.
0: All right. So here, what we're going to do is, um, this is just a culmination of both of our years of experience. Cumulatively, what do we have over 35 years of 40 years of experience between the two of us?
1: Yeah. At least 40.
0: Yeah. So here's our tips based on what people did right, and where improvements could be made. And then this whole podcast are tangible how-tos and takeaways that people can use immediately as they're writing their resumes and as they're applying for positions. Fantastic. So where should, where should we start?
1: Uh, do you want to start with resumes?
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea.
1: Awesome. Um, yeah, really with, with resumes, um, probably that maybe, um, someone in college, maybe they've, they've done, um, a resume they've had one from high school or maybe their first job in college. Um, but it's always a good practice to, to refresh that resume and think about, uh, where your resume is going to take you next. Uh, maybe your resume is, for your first job, maybe it's a retail position, maybe it's a non-technical role, customer service role. But but now that as you're studying um, to become a technical professional, whether that be an architect or an engineer or manufacturing professional, um, reframe the resume a little bit, or think about um, how the resume uh, communicates and what it communicates. Um, as you start to think about internships, uh, you have gained some. Technical knowledge around different software and, and technical um, technical ideas that you're applying in your work, uh, different types of uh, technical philosophies around how products are done. So you're learning a lot through through college. And my point is you want to transfer what you've learned and what you've done so far in in your academic career and and put that on paper um, so that your your new audience, uh, a technical manager, whatever that be, that's looking for an intern, they'll read that and they'll they'll start to understand a little bit more about your interests uh, within, within the fields. And then, um, what type of uh, skill set, and uh, what type of uh, person you can bring to to the intern internship uh, position. So, so like most resumes, um, when you're you as you go through your college and your first couple positions, you'll keep it to one page. Uh, little caveat there. As you gain more experience, maybe five plus years of experience, you will your resume will be two pages. So one page makes sense now. But just keep in mind, as your career grows, that will grow into two and three pages, and and that's completely fine. So. Um, Resumes are still uh, the mode, I guess, for uh, getting your foot in the door. Um, Obviously, um, uh, LinkedIn and different um, social media tools are becoming more and more important. Um, But still, resume is king when it comes to uh, introducing yourself to a potential um, hiring manager. so with that, um, on the top of your resume, you want to have your full name, the city and state, um, email, phone number, and if you have a LinkedIn profile, add it there. Uh, most people have gone away from putting their full address on their resume, which uh, I completely support, hundred percent support. Uh, in this day and age, with uh, with privacy concerns and um, really there's there's no um, business reason or no job related reason why to put your personal home address in your resume. There's really no need to. But certainly the city is helpful. Uh, just um, communicates that that you are a local candidate and, and when needed, you would be uh, able to work uh, on site, whether that's full-time or hybrid environment. Uh, it communicates your availability for that. Uh, and then um, w- under your objective, uh, make sure that you've um, communicated clearly what you what you want uh, in your role and what's your what are you what are your, what are you after in your next position. So the objective uh, it may be to to work with a, a local engineering company um, that that is in a particular niche within within the technical arena. Um, so if, if you're tailoring your objective per position that you apply to, which which is a great idea. If you're doing that, it does take a little bit more work, a little bit more time to customize each resume that you send out. Uh, definitely makes it more personal, personable, and and definitely will get you a, a better return, uh, better response when you do send those out. But just a little caveat: if you want to make it very personal, personal uh, towards the um, the department uh, that you're applying towards or the the company or the industry, uh, you just make sure you, even if you're using a the company name that you're sending a resume to um you just be mindful that um, you want to change that for for each time you you send send out the resume and then around skills, uh, by the time you, you have a couple of um, college uh, years of experience under your belt, you're going to know different types of software. You're going to know uh, different types of engineering or architecture theories, uh, different different uh, people that you've studied and their works. So if it's an architecture work or a style of architecture, uh, if it's engineering, maybe a particular part of um, the engineering world that you... Either have more excitement around, have more more interest in, or you have more experience in. So definitely build out your the skills section, build that up as much as possible. And it's only understood the person that reads your resume they know you don't have five plus years of experience in in different types of um, software technology. So so they understand it's from uh, college education level, and, and that's completely fine. So for example, if you're using uh, 3D modeling, uh, 3D CAD design in your college courses and uh, in in your coursework, definitely put that in there. Um, and if you have any type of certifications around the software itself, um, or certifications in general, you want to, you want to make space for that as well. So, um, so definitely that that skills area is important you might feel like, gosh, I should just have a couple of semesters of, of hands-on experience. Well, that that's great. And, that, and I definitely would, would recommend putting that in there. Um, and then through the course of the conversations of interviewing, you can, can explain more about your comfort level and your, your, um, experience, uh, within those particular skill sets when it comes to the, the hard skills, the, the software, the technical skills that you have uh, built up, um, uh, before you've gotten to your intern. So that is what I would uh, suggest around resumes.
0: What do you think about in the skill section? I know I just want you to tell people like r- hard skills versus the soft skills, like hard worker, team player, coachable. Mm-hmm. What are your what are your opinions for our listeners putting that on their resume?
1: Yeah, I would say if you can communicate concisely how that translates into on the job skills. Let's say Team player or strong communicator, uh, and and anyone can 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 say that. How do, how does it show up in your in your coursework? So maybe you were maybe you had a group assignment and you were the project leader uh, in the, with that coursework. So, so if you had a group project, let's say for let's say design um, uh, design a solar powered vehicle. Uh, many local colleges uh, have that as a as a senior project or as a project of coursework if you were a project manager then you can communicate that you were you were the lead project manager utilizing strong communication skills to meet deadlines under budget that's perfect because you, you can't explain that you can back that up and be able to communicate okay this, this is how i exercised strong communication abilities and this is how it showed up um, versus you know, having bullet pointed, um, mm-hmm. people, person, um, customer service abilities without without having concrete um, areas where you can talk to that and get examples of, of what that looked like uh, in your coursework and then how that that could easily translate into into the job. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Having it within the resume and calling it out there um, with a the tangible example is much stronger. I agree 100%. Okay, now I want to talk about the education section. And once you have, like you said, three to five years of experience, this section is going to change. Uh, for students we'd like it at the top and i'll i'll get it that versus when you have more experience you're going to move it to the bottom of the resume but for now i'd like it, i'd like to see it and i know employers like to see it at the top and you know pretty standard we'll start with the name of the school then comma your major comma mm-hmm. and then anticipated year of graduation And then what I like, now I work with a lot, for people who don't know, I work a lot in the area of engineering. And so I'm just going to stick with mechanical engineering as an example. So for my mechanical engineers, what I'd like them to do, if you're architecture, do the same for your architecture, manufacturing, same for manufacturing. I'd like you to list your relevant classes. And that can be right under the school, next line, you can put relevant classes, colon, and then list the engineering classes that you've completed, and then list the math classes that you've completed up to your higher level, highest level math completed. Uh, And then that will show the employers, give them a little bit more of an idea of some of the skills that you might be coming into the internship with. And then uh, next after that, oh yeah, after, (laughs) oh yeah. (laughs) Not like I have a list in front of me telling me what I want to talk about. (laughs) So after we do the classes, you can then put uh, relevant school projects. And under this, I encourage, especially if you lack some uh, already work experience, some people will have work experience that's relevant to their degree and some people won't. So this will help build up the resume and show the employer's Your skill set coming in, especially if you lack that experience. Mm -hmm. So, those can be, you know, it's if you're a senior and you're already working on your senior design, give us an explanation of what the senior design is, and then be very specific on what you've done in that senior design. I know a lot of them um, are group projects, a lot of them are groups of four or five, and some groups I've seen. An even distribution, excuse me, an even distribution of the work. Like we all did the analysis. We all did the solid modeling. We all did, and then we broke it up. Other teams do it differently where one student gets assigned the solid modeling. One student gets assigned the FEA analysis. So let us know what you did. I've seen very often students will just give a blanket explanation of what the project is but you have to think about who your audience is. If you are a HR recruiter or not even a recruiter, but an HR person who has to screen these resumes, they may not understand what any of that means. So if you can break it down for us and give us more of an explanation of what the project was, give us detail of what you did within the project, even down to that you, if you designed brackets, get that, Minute into the detail, and then in the design of the bracket, what what software did you use? Did you use SolidWorks? Um, did you have to do any gd on it? Again, I'm going to stick with the mechanical engineering example. So again, details is yeah. are great. If That's you, nice. yeah, and then any projects that you might have done in a class, same thing. Get detailed. Give us. Uh, um, one or two bullet points of a project that you're proud of. If you've struggled in school and the project didn't go great, go ahead and put it on there. And then tell us what your takeaways were in the project, because that lets the employer know they have critical thinking skills. You are recognizing that something didn't go wrong, but then what did you learn from it? Oftentimes when you're asked that question in an interview, there that's what they're getting to tell me about a project that didn't go well. They want to hear you talk about your approach and then what didn't go well. And then what did you learn from it? Same thing on the resume. Uh, Then the, we talked about the software. Oh, I think it's really key to put the software here too. Instead, or in addition to listing it in the skills section. Um, When I've been interviewing folks that are going for internships or their entry level. And I say, well, what, what did you use? I say, oh, I listed in the skill section. Well, that's great that it's up there, but I want to know a lot of times for the software, you may have done it in a class, didn't really get into it that much, but if you've um, used it in a larger project or in a senior design, then I know that you've used it longer and you may have, You just have used it applicable to the, to a project. Right.
1: Um, And then
0: under that, so you, okay, good. You agree. (laughs) (laughs) Under that too, if you have internships, which I, I wasn't, if you already have an existing internship and you're going for your second one, I think, um, you know, you're going to talk about work experience, but oftentimes I have my interns, if they already have one, they'll list their internships under work experience and they'll start with those. And then there other jobs that are not applicable, but like their part-time jobs in high school or their part-time work study jobs that aren't related to their degree. They'll list.
1: So. Yeah, that's great. I think uh, I would just add, you think about, um, you Imagine your your audience. So so your audience right. is going to be the manager, group leader, or HR uh, right. who is looking for an internship. And as they're reading your resume or their LinkedIn, you know they're they're telling a story to themselves. And the story is, how does this person fit into the role that I'm looking for? Yeah. Uh, so to your point about adding details, those details create a story for the reader. And that reader could say, oh, you have a couple courses on finite element analysis and you use that in your project. Great, because I have this I have this FEA project that I don't have time for. No one on my team really has time for. But wow, wouldn't it be? Amazing if we had an intern come in and complete this FEA analysis, Mm -hmm. uh, FEA project,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or you're you're sitting, you're sitting at the desk of the engineering leader in this example, and they want to know about your FEA because they've already pictured you in that role. Uh, And that's the beauty of being detailed uh, within your projects and your internship. The more detail you can show, it it generates a story about why you're the best person for that intern. 100% agree. What do you think about GPAs and putting that on your resume, Jen?
0: So some companies hire based on GPAs and others don't. So put it on there. I think I always recommend to my candidates, if you have a GPA of 3.0 or above, put it on your resume.
1: Yeah, I, I say the same thing.
0: Yeah. And, you know... We did. You know, I don't bypass anybody that has a GPA of less than 3.0 because there's generally a reason. You know, they may have been dealing, the student may be dealing with family issues, illness. They might be working 30 hours a week. Anybody who works 30 hours a week in an engineering, I'm going to stick with our engineering example. a 3.0 GPA with working 30 hours a week. I've never heard of it. And if you do it, fantastic. I want to know who you are, <laughs>
1: Right.
0: but you know, anytime I see that I'll still talk to somebody and I just ask, okay, let's talk about it. What's going on in life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's usually a, a great, great story and a value add story there about, about wine. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's working 30 or more hours, I and mean, you're gaining real world work experience, even if it's outside of technical, you're, you're communicating, right. you're learning how to show up early for work and, and, uh, just, just finish your, finish your work before you leave. All of that is, is, right. um, highly attractive to a candidate. And yeah, I typically yeah. Say have always said the same thing at 3.0 or higher. It's, it's actually surprising how many candidates I would talk to and they're like, oh yeah, my GPA was 3.6. I'm like well, why isn't that on the resume? Should be like <laughs> front and center, bold, all all caps, like that. Yeah. That shows you know some some it shows a lot of things, and, and one of them is just the the ability to to learn quickly. And that if you don't have a three or higher, it doesn't doesn't mean you don't, but it just shows that that you learn quickly, especially you know learning. Um, from reading and learning from being told information people, a lot of people right. learn by doing a lot of people learn actually better just by doing the work. But when yeah. you have a high GPA, it means, you know, when you explain, explain it to someone once, they're probably going to get it and it's going to stick They read something once, maybe twice. And they just, they just have it. Um, and there's that, that quick learning curve that, that it, it communicates. So, uh, yeah, always definitely, if you have a 3.0 or higher, I, I strongly suggest putting that in the resume you know, near the, in the education section or, or around there.
0: Yeah. And I'll just add one more thing. I, and how many students have you talked to that, you know, that first semester of college can be rough. I don't care what your high school GPA was. I've had so many people that I brought in to when we brought people in in person, now we just do it virtually, but I've met so many people who just admit, I didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to do college. It is not like high school. And once I figured it out my grades went up. And I'm like, great, show me your transcript. They sent me the transcript. And sure enough, that first semester was a mess. Frankly, it was a mess. Oh, yeah. The subsequent <laughs> semesters. And I said, okay, well, what does that mean? How do, what does figuring it out mean? And there's like, well, I figured out that I didn't have to do it on my own. I didn't have to suffer through it. I went and I talked to my professor. I got involved in study groups. So if people are listening to this and they're struggling... Go talk to your professor. Go talk to your TA. Get hooked up with a tutor. Attend all the study groups that you can. We don't learn in a vacuum.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just any any college. You're transitioning from yep. home life, uh, high school with maybe maybe a lot of structure and and some yep. uh, accountability built in. And and get uh, a you know, college. Yeah, as as everybody knows, it's it's a whole different world, and you have to figure out a lot of things on your own. And it, it takes uh, at least a semester to figure that out,
0: right?
1: Yeah, great.
0: Um, so we've done those sections. Now, how do we write up work experience?
1: Yeah, so so work experience um, to start out with, you know, assuming you have some some work experience through high school and college, and if you don't, if you're hundred percent focused on your academics and college level sports. Fantastic. That's, that's definitely, mm-hmm. there are areas where you can build that great experience and, and those extracurricular activities under your education too. Um, when it comes to work experience uh, make sure you're communicating clearly the employer, the, the city, state, the dates of employment. So months and years uh, that you were there versus only years. So the month and date just uh, communicates more clearly the duration that you were uh, in those roles, and then the the title you want to have have the the, the functional uh, title that you had, um, and then underneath that that area you you will uh, bullet point your accomplishments and what were your primary responsibilities, and if you achieved anything, if you want any. Uh, awards or recognition uh, during your time, employee of the month, no matter how minor it might feel to you, it's actually, it's a, it's a big deal of just using that little example. If you're employee of the month, it just jumps out and says, Hey, you, you clearly got the attention of your leader there for some, for something for uh, going above and beyond um, what is typically asked of an employee an employer. So anything that you can do again, to build up that story about why and how you'll be a great employee uh, in your in your next uh, role in, in an internship uh, one thing to to, to caution uh, try to uh, move away from copy and pasting what was in the job job description of the role uh, so taking an hr document and just putting bullet points in there it's just it's a little bit too um, maybe too stale is the right word just just too um, to black and white, where you want to communicate a little bit what you what you accomplished in your role there, your unique position, uh, what your primary responsibilities were from from your take, your side, um, your the way that you would communicate it, uh, and then any type of uh, accomplishments and maybe you got there, and uh, if there were some extra responsibilities that you took on that wasn't maybe part of the role, definitely include that uh, so it communicates how you've grown within one position and you've you've grown. Uh, and maybe have, have taken on additional responsibilities that aren't even related to the job title, the job function that you're in, but you're going above and beyond and doing doing extra tasks and taking on extra projects. Again, it communicates uh, to the next person, to your next uh, manager, uh, what you're capable of. So definitely take some time to to go through this. It's an it's a, it's important step to, to get that uh, job experience right. Uh, even if it's a, it's a summer customer service position, uh, something you think, gosh, it was just, it was just for a couple of months and it really wasn't much. Well, it, uh, it definitely is definitely worth putting on there and, and building up that, that base of, of experience so you can continue to build upon that uh, in, your, uh, in your next role. A uh, good, pl- good source to find uh, resume, uh, types of resumes, how to communicate this is uh, a website that we recommend. It's called The Ladders. So it's The Ladder, L-A-D-D-E-R-S. So, the ladders.com, uh, they have a, a list of uh, different ideas around resumes, what action verbs to use. Uh, so, it's a great place to get some more information on that. Uh, and then, um, lastly, on your resume, um, there, there should be room yet for a section of hobbies and interests. Uh, this is anything related to your interest. Uh, if you have, you know, if you're sticking with the engineering theme, if you, Enjoy uh, working in the garage on any type of mobile equipment, whether that be automobiles, ATVs, changing oil, anything like that. Uh, If you have um, a strong um, desire to work within CAD and you're using 3D CAD to design uh, a house or just do some rough drafts, of products or even of, of architecture, you do it for fun, not because it's actually going to have an end result. You're actually going to make it isn't because you're going to do the actual make a pro- product or make a house, for example, but mm-hmm. if you can communicate that your hobby is work within 3D CAD, um, the, the Revit student edition, you know, uh, use on your in your own time that just communicates that you clearly have a, a passion for for that technical field. And you're spending extra time, you know, instead of, you know, hanging out um, with your friends or, or, or on TikTok, <laughs> in addition to all that, <laughs> you're also spending time uh, creating and, and conceptualizing ideas uh, on your own and putting those uh, into practice and, and uh, practicing your craft uh, before you get to the internship. It just shows that you're, you're genuine, genuinely excited about the field and that that communicates a lot too. So a couple of things that I would, I would add uh, to the resume more on done experience and hobbies.
0: And you mentioned earlier extracurricular. And I think that that is, we don't really want to put that in additional information, do we? We would want to have a separate extracurricular, whether you're in a sorority and a fraternity. And in addition to that, you know, what is, what are the fundraising achievements that you're, you were a part of within your sorority or fraternity. Um, so you're letting the employer know it's not all parties, right? You're, there's a reason you're in a fraternity. The fraternity has a mission and what did you do to, to move that forward? And then of course your, um, your sports, your other, or, um, clubs that you were in, you want to show, put those on there as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Said even even if you're in um, in just a, a pickup volleyball league, but you organized it. And it's just um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's uh, something you did maybe at school, but it, it wasn't you know and it wasn't at a at a collegiate organized level. But right. you you organized that, um, and yeah, if you're in uh, any type of fraternity, it just just shows your initiative to do to do. At- extra, do extra things that, that isn't uh, related. And, and yeah, of course, sports, fraternities, sororities, that, that it's all had they have a social component, but that's, that's great. It just shows that, that you, um, are interested in learning from others and you have any type of leadership roles, um, on a sports team or in any type of organization. Definitely. You want to communicate that in your resume, but it just, just shows, um, leadership, Potential, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, shows leadership potential and just shows that you're you're interested in, in engaging um, uh, within the the college community, it shows that you're, you're social, you get along well with others. And that, that just builds builds great character over time, as we all know.
0: Completely agree. All right. So that's our resume section for our interns. Now I want to turn to how do we find the internship jobs? And uh, there are so many resources. First of all, I always tell people start with your school's career services. They've got the pulse on the market, um, whether it's a major university, a two-year school, a tech school, um, they're really keyed into the market. Uh, so use their their career services. A lot of them are now on the on um, internet portals, school portals like Handshake. Uh, definitely use that for Handshake, especially complete your profile, set your saved searches. Uh, and I would even recommend if you post your resume on there, a lot of employers, I know I do for my entry level positions, I'll start there and um, I automatically get matched to people. That meet the, my qualifications, so I'll go through those people and those resumes. So make sure you're there. Um, and then, of course, there's the job boards, right? We've the Monster and Career Builder are still out there. Indeed is probably the number one that um, people use right now. And then I'm including LinkedIn right here with the job board because they do have LinkedIn jobs, and internships will get posted there. If you wanna go a step beyond that, which a lot of people are not doing, I always like to recommend what people are not doing. Um, Of course there's Googling too. You can Google internships and Google jobs has their job board section. But even more than that, Google your discipline and then put companies. So it could be architectural internships um, within the city of, for us we'll use Minneapolis or i'm going to back up not architectural internships architectural companies or engineering companies within minneapolis you'll be surprised at the number of companies you had no idea existed but then if you want to get even more granular which i and i've tested this and this this works it's true if you go even more granular into the specific cities that you want to work in Maybe a company's not coming up in Minneapolis, but it will come up in one of our suburbs like Crystal or New Hope or Golden Valley or pick one, you know, whatever the suburbs are in, in your city, or maybe you want to work in outstate, pick your state. So for me, for us, it might be Duluth or Fergus Falls, put put those companies in and search those specific cities. Um, and then who do you know? Who do your parents know? Who does your professor know? Who does your TA know? Ask for an introduction. If you're working on a senior design project, and your your sponsor company, you're really interested in them, maybe ask for an introduction. You're certainly going to get a reference from your sponsor that you're doing your project for. You know, if they have people that they could introduce you to, even if it's for, uh, you know, an informal meeting like a coffee, then you have one more in with that company to p- potentially help you define an internship with that company. Um, and then, of course, there's us recruiting firms like Conic and other firms mm-hmm. that, you know, because we we meet you, right? We meet you at job fairs. We um, come to classes. We Well, before COVID, we were doing presentations and classes and Introduce yourself. We remember you, and so when positions come up, we can reach out to you. You always you want to go to the websites of the companies and create your profile there. There's a lot of them you can do save searches for. Always do save searches, um, and I'm sure there's even more tips that I can't even think about right now or haven't thought about right now. But those are just some quick how-to's on trying to find an internship.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of different resources out there, more more now than than ever. It's almost um, perhaps too much information uh, to to uh, narrow down into a into a process of of applying and, and uh, getting getting your information to the right person. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then the next step comes the the interviewing process, which which I think can be can be very nerve wracking for a lot of people. I mean, I think most people just perceive it as just a just an awkward <laughs> conversation. You know, it feels. Like the the idea is like you as an applicant, as a candidate, as someone someone interested in internship, it's you know it's it's nerve wracking because you feel like you're being you're being um, oh what's the right word, Jen? It's you're being graded in a sense. You're being judged. um, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. And and judged is it's the right term. And it almost it's harsh though.
0: It's a different connotation. You
1: you know you're being analyzed, right? Yes. There, the other person's thinking, are you the right fit for the role? And you're Talking about something, and the person interviewing, they're thinking, "Gosh, is my tone right? Am I answering? Did mm-hmm. I hear the question right? And now am I answering it right?" And I'm in sentence, so it's <laughs> yeah, we get it. It's it is. I think I think you know, just the probably the one thing that people are most anxious about um, uh, above um, everything, uh, above most of the things, is that 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 uh, interview. And what I always like to suggest, is you know instead of using the, the word interview, I like to use the word conversation. It's a yep. conversation between two people. Yeah. Uh, as a young adult, you're very smart. You have some really good skills to bring to the table. Uh, you have a, a, you've learned a lot of things throughout your life and through your college career, and you want to uh, build upon that. And and you want to find a great uh, internship, whether it's uh, three months or an extended internship. You you need to understand you know that the person that you're meeting with. Uh, or the company that you're meeting with is a good culture fit. Is there they're good? Do you have a good rapport with this person? W- would you learn in this uh, type of opportunity? So there's a lot of things as a candidate you need to to be critical and and also you know judge the company and judge the opportunity too to make sure that that it's a great fit um yeah you don't want to be you don't want to be picky but at the same time if if you have a choice you want to find an internship um that you're most interested in that, that you can can discover uh, more about your technical world and, and learn what you're good at learn what you really like to do and and through the process maybe learn what you don't want to do and that's just that's just as powerful so through the interview process that's one of the few tools that you'll have to learn um, what that looks like. And, and you know, to, to, to do that, you, you have a conversation um, with an HR leader or with a with a technical manager to talk more about what they have in mind for the engineering uh, internship role, for example, and, and how, does that, how does that fit. Um, so to get ready for all of that, we, we definitely suggest doing as many practice or mock interviews as possible. Um, hopefully your school has a, a day set aside for that. Um, hopefully you have an advisor's office that, that can help you with that. Um, certainly there is uh, uh, plenty of videos that you can watch to prepare yourself. And but I think Jen, I think you'd agree. When it boils right down to it, it's it's the practice. It's the doing. And mm-hmm. doing with a friend, uh, with one of your parents, with, with a brother or sister, or maybe someone in your own class, you know, trade, you know, you interview someone else, they interview you, uh, do that a couple of times. And even that is awkward and you'll have a lot of laughs. You'll, you'll giggle and laugh through the whole process because then you, get to, you, make, you get to make mistakes, but it's in, it's in good fun when you practice it. Uh, and that's total fun, totally fine. But it does build confidence and just just being able to communicate a couple of times what you've learned you know you don't get many opportunities to answer the question okay in your engineering uh, 101 let's say what did you learn what were you, what were your big takeaways like how many times you actually get asked that question and actually need to explain that um, and you don't want the first time that you explain it, the very first time in an in interview that you really want you really want a job you don't want it to have it that 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 question to be able to talk about what you've accomplished, it takes a little bit of practice. So uh, if you can do that a couple of other times with someone that you trust and someone that you're somewhat comfortable with to have a mock interview with, uh, we definitely suggest that just to, just to get the, the, the nerve worked out and then you'll, you'll communicate much more clearly and much more thoughtful when, when you are in the the, the real time interview.
0: Absolutely. And I'll, I'll add a couple things. If you can record it, watching yourself do something, I hate it. I don't like watching myself do anything, but it's so important to tell other people are perceiving you, you know, you might not know that you bounced up and down in your chair because you were nervous. That's actually a self-soothing thing for people to do. Mm -hmm. But again, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to get in being uncomfortable. And that will stop. Maybe you bite your nails through, and you don't know that you're doing it because it's a, you know, all these things that are unconscious actions, you want to be, become aware of them so you can stop doing them. Um, and if your school to that point, if your school has the use of interviewstream.com, use it. I know that's, um, in within Handshake, if your school uses Handshake, um, and for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a site that your school would have purchased the service of. They build up questions for mock interviews, and then you do a video interview, and then that gets sent to professors or whomever the school is designated to watch them, and then they will then give you feedback. And that's extremely important to get, your watch- to, to, get to watch yourself um, so you can see what you're doing and become aware of that.
1: Right, yeah, it's exactly right. It's that self awareness and just the mm-hmm. practice of hitting record. It just puts you in a mindset. Okay, this is me recorded, uh, mm-hmm. and even if no one else ever sees it, it's it's it uh, definitely it psychs you up a little bit. But it puts you in the right mindset. Like this is okay. this is um, legit. This is going to be recorded. I can watch it later. Uh, and I think it just elevates the, the game a little bit, even even in practice. Right? It's just yeah. the idea of recording yourself uh, on video. You you learn. Especially if you're doing a if your interview is is a Zoom interview or a video conference, you figure out where the camera is and make periodic eye contact with that camera. Um, and you'll see that if you play it back, you say, "Gosh, I never looked at the camera or looked at the the interviewer once during that conversation." So then you just learn, like, okay, next time I'll just remember to glance at that camera a um, couple times, uh, you know every uh, every minute or so to make that natural eye contact um, with the other person.
0: Yeah. The last thing I want to say has to do with you talked about mindset. And one of the one of the best tips I ever got was instead of going in into, into an interview thinking, oh gosh, why would they want to hire me? I'm so nervous. Why this is so nerve-wracking. Change the mindset instead of, oh, why would they hire me? Go in with, why wouldn't they hire me? Why, why wouldn't yeah. they want to talk to me? Right. Because people who do interviews. It's generally not their favorite thing to do at a company, so they're hoping that the next person they meet, you, is the person they hire, so they can stop doing the interview and they can find the best person for the team. They're hoping it's you. They want right. it to be you. Yeah. So knowing that now, just change your frame of reference and say, okay, they want me. Why wouldn't they want me?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and you, why do I want this job? What's what is yeah. what is appealing to me about this job? And maybe there's a couple of questions that I. And I'm just curious about, you get, get into the weeds a little bit about the role itself. And when, when you uh, have a chance to ask questions, maybe it's just natural throughout the course of a interview or many times toward the end, the interviewer, interviewer will say, you know, any questions that you have, and that's your opportunity to to start to picture yourself really in the role and day to day. And maybe just, just going through that, that frame of reference, like, okay, when I'm in my role, what, what, what's, what does this project look like? What's, how will this project be applied? Is it is there a special new product that you're working on that this will be used for? Like, how does this how does this fit into the bigger picture of a particular product or um, a family of products that that it, that uh, either uh, will be released or maybe already is, but it's an it's an enhancement or upgrading to an existing product line or product line. So that way, uh, it, it shifts the conversation a little bit for you to understand for yourself is is this a great place for me it isn't it isn't all about you quote-unquote getting hired it's it's you finding a great internship for yourself that that you're gonna that you're gonna love and and excel at
0: if anybody wants any tips for that they want to reach out to me they can reach out to me at jen j-e-n at conicnetwork.com. i'd be happy to help
1: fantastic awesome thanks janice this is fun
0: This is a great discussion. Thanks, Tom.
1: You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint, brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast.